The Skirid Inn has a long and torrid history of violence against humanity and is now revered as one of the most haunted places in the UK. So many ghostly happenings have been reported here that it has earned a reputation for being a terrifying and very intimidating place to spend the night. The paranormal activity witnessed in this pub is spectacular. Glasses have been seen flying across the bar. Cackling laughter has been heard from empty rooms and extreme drops of temperature are not uncommon. People have reported menacing shadows, the heavy thump of feet from the upper floors, and some have felt such extreme fear here that they have fled and vowed never to return. Welcome to this week's episode of True Hauntings as we head to Wales and the Skirid Mountain Inn. Hi, I'm Anne Rekovich. And I'm Renata Daniel. And this is the True Hauntings Podcast. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Darkness had barely loomed over the Brecon beacons as I arrived at the inn and it was already playing tricks on me. Having been welcomed by Jeff, the landlord, I took my belongings up to my room, but it was on the stairs where I got my first fright of the night. A life-size model of a ghoul caught me off guard, and I knew from that moment on that I'd made the right decision not to wear any white. Heading back downstairs, you don't get the impression of a pub filled with haunts. The roaring Tudor fireplace burned strong. Locals clink glasses and the food is delicious. But this beautiful inn takes on a whole new atmosphere when the lights turn off and the patrons leave. I'd been strategically placed in room two, the room with the most paranormal activity, at the mercy of the ghost of 35-year-old worker Fanny Price. Fanny died of consumption in the 18th century and she obviously loved the inn so much that she decided to never leave. I switched the lights off and tried to make contact with her, informing her that I was from the Wales Online, despite knowing full well that she would have no idea what that was. My mind was running wild. I couldn't decide that if the knocks I was hearing were Fanny communicating, the old building creaking, or my imagination getting the better of me. I moved swiftly onto room three. Stumbling down the creaky stairs into the room, my chest instantly tightened and my breathing got heavier. Was this the hangman taunting me? 
Or was I just falling into the inn's history and creating problems for myself? Probably the latter, but the room itself gave me the heebie-jeebies. The history of room one is especially interesting. The bathroom used to be a prison cell and visitors have had a variety of paranormal experiences in the room, ranging from the cold snaps to alleged attempted murders. There's no doubting that the room itself had an eerie feel to it. As strange as it is to say, the door opens especially easily compared to the others, almost as if you're being welcomed into the room. The bathroom is set over two levels with stairs down to the bath, toilet and sink, but I couldn't bring myself to venture any further. Almost instantly, I was overcome with chills... The hairs on the back of my neck stood up and the room went icy cold. As the coldness intensified and a breeze started to blow, I didn't care if it was all in my head or if the history of the skirid was toying with me. I got out of there as quickly as I could. Some visitors to the inn struggled to climb the stairs as they head towards their room, claiming that they find it difficult to breathe. They say that the landing is the territory of the hanging judge, Judge Jeffries, who still stalks the corridors hunting for a victim to send to the gallows. That could explain it. Despite the gruesome tales of convicted criminals hanging from the stairwell, this was where I felt most at ease with my surroundings. Maybe they weren't so bad after all. I called out to the judge and told him that I was not afraid of him laying the bait, but he didn't bite and he stayed in the shadows. Directly off the landing is a prison cell, which now keeps the boiler and other bits and bobs captive. The hum of the equipment made it hard to hear any potential signs of supernatural, but it did feel as if I were being watched or maybe even snuck up on. Another quick exit was on the cards. This is where the rowdy soldiers would return bloodied from battle to drink, dance and die. And when you're alone at night, it's not difficult to imagine the majority of them surrounding you, drinking long into the night. But the once ferocious atmosphere disappears as darkness sets, with the empty room taking a charming yet spooky turn. The warmth of the burnt-out Tudor fireplace still lingers, but it is not enough to distract you from the chills that slowly engulf you, and the almost crippling sensation that you're being watched. Many lonely ghostly figures have been spotted in this room over the years as well as the sound of lute music, soldiers' footsteps, and even the smell of lavender as Fanny comes to join the party. The gents' toilet, which were creepy enough in the daylight, felt off-limits. I couldn't approach the door without the inn giving me a foreboding warning not to enter with the feeling of a hundred pairs of eyes on me. I decided it was best left alone. As the chill set in, I was given what could have been a goodnight message from the past as I heard footsteps quickly getting closer and closer. 
Naturally, being the intrepid and fearless ghost hunter that I am, I ran back to the safety of the light and the landing. It's easy to see why this place is known as the most haunted building in Wales. History grabs at you as you walk the corridors. It breathes down your neck as you sit on the toilet. It chases after you as you drink in the pub. But how much of this is psychological? How much did I let the skirid control me and lure me to new places only to scare me straight out again? I took overnight residency with an open mind. Naturally, I'm a sceptic, but I have learned to trust my senses over tales of yesteryear. And whether I imagined it or not, it was obvious that I wasn't alone, as I first thought. As I put my head down to sleep, with the light on, who knows who was dancing around me during the night. Whether you're a believer or not, the beautiful Skirid Mountain Inn will test you and whisper stories of its ghoulish past. Now that was a big soundscape, but it was so well written that I just, I, I had to to use it. So that was from theguardian.com uh, and it was the story of somebody who had stayed there for the night. I just thought it was great. Yes, it was. So that was a really great intro and really leads into the story of this amazing place. I have never been, but it is on my bucket list to go. Yeah, I want to go. I'd love to see more of Wales because we saw a little bit of it. Yes. Uh, I can't pronounce any of the places that we went, but we did go to um, the Arthur Conan Doyle visited there. What was it? He wrote The Hound of the Baskervilles. Mm. Baskerville Hall or something? Baskerville Hall. Yeah. And then. With um, the big bathtub in the middle of the, <laughs> the bedroom, lounge room. Yeah, you surprised me with that <laughs> as a birthday present. Thank you very much, Anne. I nearly died when I saw that. <laughs> there was no way on God's earth I was going to take a bath in there. It, it had like six beds in there and there's this massive big one that was very flash. So we put you in there and I took a little single bed bed in the corner, but there was TVs on the wall oh. and this massive bathtub. Yeah, with with taps that looked like swans. That's right, and they were gold. <laughs> I, thought, I said, if you want some private time in the bath, I'll just slip outside. Yeah. You just let me know when you're It'll ready. take you half a day to fill it. I know. <laughs> and then the most amazing thing is that literally uh, a few k's or a few miles, if you want to talk in miles down the road is this little township that is just one big enormous bookstore. Now the first little bit that I'm going to say is like an introduction from uh, one of the ghost hunting teams that has actually spent time in the Skirid Inn doing ghost tours. The Skirid Inn in Abergavenny is the oldest and many would say one of the most haunted pubs in Wales. With a history dating back to the Norman Conquest, this building has been around to see executions and some believe witchcraft during its long history. An overnight ghost hunt at the Skirid Inn is a daunting experience and the the sinister feelings experienced in the main bedroom have terrified many hardened ghost hunt veterans. Slamming doors, loud footsteps and even hushed voices await you on your ghost hunts here. Are you brave enough to enter and discover its secrets? And the interesting thing about this is that it doesn't have a lot of rooms to no, it's hire. Got three. Yes. Three bedrooms. 
So the likelihood of you being possibly the only people there is actually quite high. Yeah, except for the fact that it's booked out Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights with ghost tours. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll go midweek. We'll go midweek. Yeah, and I guess I guess it should be. It's it's in the Brecon Beacons in Wales, which is another one of those windswept and interesting places. Um, and they they're quite open with doing a lot of advertising for the Skiridin. It it is a very popular place for people to go. Mm, yes, maybe we should start looking at booking now for September next year. Yes, absolutely. Now, do you know what the Skirid means? Is it something to do with what happens in your underpants when you don't wipe properly? <laughs> <laughs> oh, skiddies. Sorry, skiddies. So the name of the inn is from the Welsh word for shiver. Oh, so it went cold. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm looking at how um, the word is spelt, I can actually see skirid in it, but it doesn't look like S-K-I-R-R-I-D. It's actually spelt in Welsh Y. S-G-Y-R-Y-D. No. <laughs> but you can see Skirid. You can. Oh, I, I'm, I'm looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can you see Skirid? You're Skirid. All right. So the word Skirid means shiver. Uh, and it has been said by some that over 2,000 years ago, in the hours after the crucifixion of Jesus, the mountain itself showed its anger by shuddering, shivering, and breaking into two, creating the great shiver or the skirred four and the little shiver or the skirred fac. No, don't say it. We're going to get. I don't no, know. No, no, we're not. I we're not know. swearing, everyone. We're just know. reading words from a piece of paper. That's it. That's it. Don't blame we're, me. The senses are coming for us. Oh, don't blame no. me. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just going to miss the rest of the words. That's it. So, the first mention on record of the Skiridin goes back to uh, 1110 then that would make the inn over 900 years old. And, of course, there are claims of it being the oldest pub in Great Britain. And its history includes both Welsh and English kings who would have used the ancient mounting stone that sits in the forecourt of the pub as a place where they would have heaved themselves up on their horses. Or bloody horse. With, yeah, with, with all of their bits and bobs on their armor. in their armour and oh. everything. Um, and that's, that would be quite interesting. I wonder if you put your hand on that, whether you could actually sense or feel anything. You can feel the horse's agony as it's getting <laughs> yeah. the weight of the person and the armour on them. Yeah. And it's also alleged to be the place where a Welsh rebel called Owain... Glinda <laughs> called together his yeah, troops. Wayne Glinda. That's, that's our uh, very, a Wayne. A Wayne. A Wayne. It's a Wayne Glinda. Very, oh very Welsh sounding name. <laughs> the Welsh are just going to kill us. Yep. <laughs> but we're, we're lovable. They'll forgive us because we're lovable. They won't even open their, their boundaries to us. Go, nah, we heard you on your podcast. Get away. <laughs> uh, together with his troops in the 14th century and where Judge Jeffries, the hanging judge, began his illustrious career of execution. Mm-hmm. Mm. So um, we've watched a couple of YouTube videos 
because that's where all your best information comes from. <laughs> and if it's on YouTube, it's gospel. <laughs> if it's on the interwebs, it's gospel. It's real. <laughs> and uh, we've seen a couple of uh, ghost hunts and everything through the Skirred Inn and they show you a beam. A beam? Oh, a beam. Not a beam me up, Scotty. A beam. Or Jim Beam. That still bears the rope marks from the hangings that occurred in the inn. Mm. Mm. That rope's lasted a really long time, hasn't it? It has. It looks, <laughs> it looks very new. It looks like new, but never mind. Uh, and there's also the hallmark of a courtroom on the first floor. And there's a cell where the condemned man would have spent his last nights before he was hung. Mm. Now, can you imagine... And I've, I've read this story too where um, the condemned man was put in his cell uh, to stay overnight for the early morning hanging while everyone else downstairs was having drinks. Yep, having a pub, party. Having a party going, hmm, that's interesting. And now the, the cell is used as a storage room. Okay. That's a bit sad. It is. Can you imagine the EVPs in there? Yeah. They'd be swearing at the people downstairs having a beer. Absolutely. So it's also believed that the first floor in the inn was once, yeah, uh, a court of law. And over the period of many, many years, they say that over 180 prisoners were judged guilty of serious crimes, enough to warrant the sentence of death by hanging. Wow. Now, back then, you were more likely to be hung for stealing than you were to um, be hung because you had murdered someone. Really? Yeah, and that's because of the Industrial Revolution and the fact that so many people lost their jobs um, and were starving that many of them were forced to thieve. Right. So to stop, stop the thievery, the idea was you will die if you thieve. Yeah. Um, so you're better off starving to death. You're better off starving to death. Then, all, yeah. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... In many cases, many people were put into jails um, to serve life sentences because they stole a piece of cheese or a handkerchief that could then be sold for money um, to buy food and things like that. It was awful, awful times. Yeah, they've got their morals all skewed up. Mm. So, like I said, uh, in many cases uh, people were condemned to death but um, often later the judgment was then changed to capital punishment and people would have been put into jails if there was room or they would have been placed on those old hulks um, and then sent out to Australia. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello. How are you? Everything here will eat you and kill you. It's okay. Start your new life and be happy. Yeah. Watch out for those drop bears. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Now, it's also claimed to be the home of several ghosts or spirits, uh, and, of course, that is going to be your part of this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's interesting they talk about Judge Jeffries, but um, it's a little bit hard to find any evidence that Judge Jeffries actually ever sat in judgment at the inn. Now, they say that because he had a really long career and he was known as the hanging judge and he did travel a lot to sit in court, um, that there was a possibility that he may have stayed there and may have, um, you know, seen a hundred judged people there, yeah, and may have seen one hundred and eighty people be judged to death and hanging. 
but it is really hard to find uh, any evidence mm. of that. Mm. So that, that's quite interesting. Um, he did uh, oversee the famous Bloody Assizes, which was a really difficult time in the area. And that, that's not where you found the scissors covered in blood? No, no, no. no. Assizes, not oh, a not scissors. A, not a scissors. Mm. Um, and that was um, around the time of 1685. But again, like I said, um, we I've, I did a little bit of digging with some of the local authorities when it comes to uh, information about this, the stories around um, the old Skiridin. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that what they are sometimes talking about is not the actual inn itself, but what stood there prior to the Skiridin. And that happens so often, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, um, so they've they've actually done a uh, research on the building itself mm-hmm. and gone in and had a look at the timbers and the structure and everything and how um, the time framing mm-hmm. of all of the rooms would be mm-hmm. like you know the architecture and whatever and they found that many of the rooms actually um, have different timestamps. Yes. Yes, I found this out too. Yeah. Uh, and so you've got this building that is all over the place. It's been remade and remodelled and reshaped. I suppose it's like our homes today. We're forever changing yeah. them and putting additions on and Absolutely. putting a second story on. And Yeah, I mean, yeah. a building that is that old would have had to have been modified over the years. Mm-hmm. But we still go back to the fact that there must have been some sort of a lodge or lodgings Mm. on that site prior to the Skiridin. So maybe some of the ghosts that we're looking at here um, aren't actually associated with the inn itself as it stands today, but are much older. Yeah. And then we also have the story of the elementals and the spirits of the mountains. Oh, yes, I'm, are, I'm going into yeah, all of that. that are associated with Ooh. the site. Uh, and, of course, if it is a meeting place, if it is a place where over many, many centuries people have met and spent time, it is really uh, an alluring spot for the spirits of the area to also gather mm. and see what is going on. And siphon off the energy of the humans. Yes. Um, so the Brecon Beacons National Park offers a little bit of information about uh, the Skiridin mm-hmm. and actually invites everyone that goes to do um, – Walking or tramping as they do oh, over there. Tramping, hey, we'd do that well, wouldn't we? <laughs> oh, uh, we'd tramp our way yeah, everywhere. Tramping to take time out to go into the Skiridin and have some ale, have some refreshing. Can we have cider instead? <laughs> have some refreshing, uh, refreshing. Um, Substance. Yes, yes. Alcohol. Alcohol. Yeah, so they they report about the ghosts and the fact that it's haunted and everything and stay overnight if you can. Um, Yeah, by all means. Interestingly, I found, and I want to mention this because this is is great because we're looking at times and these these dates will just blow your mind. So they they talk about um, the Skiridin being most probably the oldest inn mm-hmm. uh, in the United Kingdom, but there are, are a number of rivals and mm-hmm. we've got to put all of these on our list. Oh, please do. Because we've been to just one of them. The ancient Ram Inn. No. No? It's actually not on the list. Oh, what? But no. that, was, that was 1148 yeah, or something. I know. 
Um, so we've got we've been to Nottingham to the trip to Jerusalem. Oh yes, that was that was fabulous. Yep. It was carved into a, a rock, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that goes back to 1070. But we also have the fighting cocks at oh. St Albans. <laughs> I'll be going there. <laughs> remember when Do my, they have some demonstrations? Remember when my husband sent us a message? On and the he, three cocks? And he said, the three cocks are around the corner. <laughs> so, <laughs> We've gone, what? So we've jumped in the car and driven like maniacs. <laughs> Of course, we've had photos photos with the three cocks. We have. We (laughs) We have. Uh, So in St Albans, there is an 11th century structure on an 8th century site. And then you have the God Begot at Winchester, which is 1002. That's just crazy. The Bingley Arms near Leeds is recorded as the Priest's Inn in 905. Oh, wow. And the Ye Old Ferry Boat Inn at Hollywall, Cambridgeshire, claims an origin as early as 560. That's your birthday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I know. They built it in celebration of me. The year you were born? I wonder whether, oh, we have to go and find these oh, pictures of these places. We have to. They are just amazing. It's also been featured on TV's Extreme Ghost Stories and, of course, Most Haunted most with haunted. Event, event oh, yes. Fielding and Derek Okora. We have also had our lovely Amy from Amy's Crypt. Yeah. Um, do a story. Uh, Alison and Cag from Adelaide's Horizons. Horizons have yep. been. It's now our turn. Yes, it is. It's now our Hurry turn. Hurry up, Rona, go away. Yeah. All right. But you hit us with the ghost stories of this well, place. Well, you know, I'm actually taking a slightly different tact because that soundscape that I did covered a lot of the ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and But I want to lay the groundwork for why the people in the area would think the way they do and that this this could be haunted. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going into the culture mm-hmm. a little bit. I can't wait till you talk about the devil. I can't <laughs> wait. What devil? <laughs> uh, All right, so. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However... There are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot P60. It's time to take control of your life. 
Dave's here rooting you on. And if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. Betterhelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Your body is connected. At Boopa, we think your healthcare should be too. We're connecting a range of care, including health insurance, optical, dental, and aged care to help our customers look after their health. Welcome to Healthcaring with Boopa. Oh, I'm going to start talking about the, the actual Skirid Mountains uh, because they're known as Holy Mountains. Now, you mentioned mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. a little bit. There is quite a few uh, legends in regards to these mountains and you have to remember that this was quite a... Uh, uh, at the time, um, a place of Christianity, and they were all very Christian. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about it. So the mountains often referred to as the Holy Mountains or Sacred Hill because of the connections with the Christ legend. Uh, Maybe I wonder whether it was an um, a very sacred pagan site. Yeah, probably. I'd say so. <laughs> and they decided to just change it a little bit. And the, the locals actually believed the land was so fertile and blessed that they would take a handful of dirt from the Skirid Mountains and sprinkle it onto their crops or they would put it underneath the foundations of their new houses or churches or whatever they were building for good luck and protection um, as well as scattering some onto the coffins of loved ones. Mm. Yeah, that is that is so... Um, pagan. Pagan. <laughs> There's not much yeah, it Christianity is. happening there. No. Um, so it was the custom of the burials of Catholics up until the 19th century to sprinkle coffins with the earth brought from the chapel uh, of St. Michael that was there. So there was even one writer who said that the soil uh, was so holy that no snail or worm could live in it. And there's even reports of some people that moved to America would take some of the dirt with them. Mm. But mm-hmm. for me, if the ground was so holy that no snail or worm would live in it, that means mm-hmm. it's actually not healthy soil. Yeah, it's not fertile at all. No. Now, there are other legends that's different to the holy one, you'll be pleased to know, that suggest much darker reasons for the hill to be shaped the way it is. Some folk tell the tale. When Satan tried to seduce Archangel Michael into evil, nefarious ways, that he said no. (laughs) No, thanks, Satan. Not today, (laughs) Satan. Not today, Satan. And Satan had a little bit of a tanty and stamped on the Skirred Mountain, causing that huge piece that's missing from the top. Ah. That makes sense to me. It does. It Um, does. So... There is a distinctive stone there that's also uh, known as the Devil's Table. And apparently at the end of the 19th century, a wizard-type wise man lived up there and folk would seek him out, placing the money on the stone in exchange for advice (laughs) advice and magics. Um, (laughs) I haven't even been drinking. (laughs) Uh, it was believed that he could be heard roaring like a bull at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing place. I love these folk tales. They are fabulous. Amazing. Which is why I wanted to dig into them. Um, so the, the other thing with the mountain, with that bit missing, is apparently a local giant did it mm-hmm. or maybe the wizard did it. Now, they've named him Jacko Kent or Jackie Kent. 
Mm-hmm. Now, what does that remind you of? Chuck a lantern. Mm, Am I maybe. stretching too far? Yeah, you might be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, apparently, he loved to make the devil look like a fool. Oh, and dear. one day he had an argument with the devil over the mountain. Um, and he was saying that his mountain was bigger than the nearby Sugarloaf Mountain. And that, you know, <laughs> they, they've had a, a little bit of a tanty. In one version of the story, Jack stumped off Sugarloaf onto the skirt, creating the vast p- footprint in the side with his heel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, another version, Jack was correct that Sugarloaf was larger of the two and the devil gouged a chunk out of Skirid to add on the top of the Malvern Hills to make them slightly higher. And as he did so, he tripped and dropped the earth, creating the smaller one that was the next mountain next to it. Uh, there are three standing stones nearby at Trellick, uh, which are said to have been thrown there by Jack O'Kent during a game of coits. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh. How do they come up with these stories? Oh, just amazing. Over, over ale, oh, that's how they do it. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah, so he tossed his coits <laughs> from the top of screen. <laughs> We had a character called Russell Coit, didn't we? We did. <laughs> Coitus means something completely different here. <laughs> we, we have to ruin every, right single, every uh, single story. Now, oh. let's let's go on to a little bit more of the local customs and ideas. So apparently at the Skirid Inn, uh, every night the landlord puts out the devil's cup. Mm-hmm. You heard about the Devil's Cup? Yes. It's on the, the inn's doorstep, filled with ale to appease the devil or spirits that should come to the door. So this is to ensure that all guests visiting the ancient pub can do so without care, and so the tradition carries on. Each night, some of that ale that is offered, guess what? Some of it goes missing. The local dog comes around and has a slurp, <laughs> and he sleeps really well that night. <laughs> I do think it is an, a, a beautiful um, little ritual, though. It is. Isn't it? Yes. Um, now, this devil's brew has always seemed to have variants of exactly what's in it. Um, some of it would say it's a jug of milk for the – now, it's spelt P-W-C-C-A, but apparently it's pucker. Pooka, yeah. Pooka. So I actually contacted Simeon, who got onto his Welsh relatives, who confirmed that it's Pooka. Uh, so they lived on the doorstep, uh, thus appeasing the mischievous sprite who might otherwise indulge in many a nocturnal prank. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's got some lovely female virgins pregnant too. I think so. Because mm, it wouldn't have been them. Anyway. So around the area of Wales, there is a widespread belief in fairies amongst the people, uh, and some of that still lingers around the place. Uh, from village to village, there's tales of little sprites seen dancing in the meadows in the moonlight, or the fairy family from, oh, how do you say it, Twilleth Tig. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're looked upon with affection and awe. There were good fairies and bad fairies, but there was also another kind of fairy which is neither good nor bad. Now, he, this fairy was the, the puka and it was immortalised by a famous English writer. Do you know who it is? Arthur Conan Doyle? <laughs> no, older than that. What? Who? 
Shakespeare. Oh, yes, that's right. I remember this. So yes, have you heard of yes, Puck? Yes, 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 Puck. Puck in A mm-hmm. Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. It's Puck. So that's where they've immortalised the puka. Wow. Mm, isn't that cool? So now that we've got a sort of a grasp on the the culture mm-hmm. of the place, we're going to go now to the ghosts and who runs the pub now and um, how it's being marketed and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're, uh, the people that own it now actually used to run pubs in Hertfordshire, Hertfordshire, where, where James, whatever it is with the, the vet, you know that show, mm-hmm. All Creatures Great and Small. Anyway, um, they were running a pub there and they found the Skirid Inn was up for sale and they decided, yep, let's get back to our Welsh, Welsh roots. <laughs> Something like getting back to your Welsh roots. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm sorry if there's children listening. Um, and they didn't actually know at the time about the paranormal side of it. They just thought it was a beautiful pub with a thatched roof and they loved the history, so they bought it. Mm-hmm. But they also do like horror films, so good on them. Um, as I said, it was like walking into a castle with stone-flagged floors everywhere. They said the building is as early as 11110 or 1110 and thought – uh, though it's impossible to verify, we do claim to be the oldest pub in Wales. Mm-hmm. So they can claim that one. The main bar is from the Tudor period uh, where the guests stay. There's a courtroom from Cromwell's time. So as you were saying, they've got all these different levels and layers mm-hmm. of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, as pub owner, they're sceptical of the stories. They always say this. Mm-hmm. They're sceptical of the stories until... <laughs> Until something happens. So during the 14 years they've been there, they've had quite a few, quite a bit of paranormal phenomena. On the first night at the inn, before we'd even taken over, they were sleeping in a big four-poster bed when Sharon, the his wife, complained of something tugging on her leg. It happened several times during the night and we had to keep turning the lights on. Of course, there was nothing there, but we barely slept. Later, we learned that relatives of people who were slow to die during a hanging would yank on their loved one's legs to end their suffering. Ooh. Because they didn't measure out the weight of the person and the weight, the, the fall, and made sure the neck would snap. They mm-hmm. would hang and strangulate. Mm. It's very awful. Anyway, uh, There is also the story of his young grandson going to the toilet and came back complaining. The man in the long dress won't let me in in the toilet. Oh, no. That would be scary as all hell. The man in a dress. Was it taffeta or? (laughs) (laughs) No. There was no one else in the place at the time. Uh, Even his wife was out. Uh, So brave man that he was. I made him hang on until she came back. Oh, no. Um, they've also seen a full figure, a coachman-like character in a tricorn hat standing on the porch in broad daylight. Caught my eye for a second or two and then was gone. Uh, so they've, they've had quite a few sightings. They're also, the bar regulars, they love the visitors coming in and they love to tell them all their own ghost stories. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the staff had had strange encounters with glasses flying off. We're not talking about our eyeglasses, but mm-hmm. beer glasses and wine glasses. Um, change flying off the bar, uh, unexplained cold spots. One young woman uh, had an unseen presence whisper, then roar 
in her ear. Oh. Mm, hope it didn't echo. Uh, the best known resident of the uh, ghostly kind is from the 18th century and she was a barmaid called Fanny Price. <laughs> Fanny Price. I look, I have to say, I had a little moment when I was reading out the soundscape where I uh, I was reading sort of, because I sort of read ahead a little bit as I'm I'm speaking it, and I saw Fanny and Smelling and I just, I, I held it together just enough to get that out. Uh, and then I had to stop the recording and Renata and I were on the floor in fits. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. So um, apparently poor old Fanny died of consumption. Look, in Australia, Fanny means something different. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say it's the front bottom for ladies. Anyway, uh, she died of consumption and is buried in the local churchyard and she's been spotted frequently and people often say they can smell lavender. So that was in our soundsca- soundscape as well. Um, there's soldiers reported drinking and playing dice. There have been some negative manifestations, shall we say. Uh, not often, but they have them occasionally where the guests have had strange marks that appear around their neck. Yes, I've seen photos mm. of this. And there was one instance that was described as being outright malevolent. A woman came running down from one of the bedrooms, hair wet and dressed only in a coat, saying, she tried to kill me. Apparently, she'd been in a bath and something had held her down under the water. That's That would be terrifying. Mm. Uh, and please note that she said she, she tried to kill me mm-hmm. rather than he or it. And uh, she didn't stick around. She apparently nicked off and uh, never been able to contact her again. Now, they do run tours here, as I was saying earlier, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's priced between 55 to £65 pound and includes a lovely two-course dinner at the pub. Uh, and they... The, the the people at the pub embrace the yes, paranormal, yeah, yeah, and the, the locals embrace it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's let's just sort of summarise a little bit. the The community is quite superstitious. They believe in the fairies and the sprites, uh, and the the old teachings do spill over into our modern day thoughts. Yep. Like even today, people will break a mirror and go, oh, well, you know, there's seven years bad luck. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll walk under a ladder and go, oh, no, that's, you know, whatever. Oh, there's a black cat. Don't don't walk past. They still have these superstitions today that spill over into our modern day life. Now, as you were saying, with Jeffries and the hangings, mm-hmm. There is no documentary evidence that he ever sat in judgment at that inn. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did deal with cases in the area. He possibly travelled there. He may have stopped at the inn, but there is no information anywhere that says he hung people there. Mm -hmm. And there's another piece of information here um, talking about the hanging judge, Uh, and it says that if the last execution at the inn purportedly took place during Cromwell's time, then Judge Jeffreys would have been no more than a young lad nearing his 14th birthday at the time of Cromwell's death. So there's a few inconsistencies there. Mm. Also... There is no record of any trials or 
any executions having ever occurred at the inn. That's correct. And people have really looked into this. Like yeah. where we're not kind of going, oh, someone said he couldn't find anything. Um, people have looked into mm. what happened in those areas with people who were sentenced. Yeah, and uh, some of the beams within that pub were actually reused from ships, Mm -hmm. from sailing ships. Yep. So, yes, there could be wear spots in certain places, but it could have already been there. Uh, And also they may have used it to hoist uh, goods and things up into the upper upper floors. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, now there's an e-book called Eerie Britain, uh, written by M. B. Ford, and it points out that the inn claims to date back around the year 1110, and it's unlikely to be true. Uh, and then there's some big words there about <laughs> there was uh, work undertaken by Glamorgan Gwent Archaeological Trust. Yes. Yep. Which stated the inn is mainly a mid late 17th century building in construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do say that it is likely that a public house stood there on that site for many, many years um, and that uh, there was a pilgrim trail that led to the priory, priory, which itself was only built in 1108. But we also have to concede that record keeping wasn't great back in those days Mm -hmm. and that they may have kept great records, but they were probably um, destroyed in some way or disintegrated. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, there is quite a lot of information um, from different um, architectural societies and people that have gone into the building and had a look at all of the areas. And uh, there is some information from the BritishListedBuildings.com.co.au. Um, .co.au? .co.au. Oh, I thought it would be um, .co.uk, but anyway. Oh, sorry, .co.uk. Oh, I'm, here for, co. I'm UK, here for sorry. you to translate, Renata. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and look, the, the pub has gone through a number of different um, owners and different uses. And uh, it says here, the Skiridin claims to be the oldest pub in Wales, but only became licensed in 1830. And the building dates back to the 1640s according to Pevsna, but there are plenty of other older pubs in the Skirid Inn. Um, it was owned at a time by Rimini Brewery in the 1920s. It was a Hanscock pub and more recently it was owned by Ushers of Trowbridge, but today it is a Punch Taverns pub. So it's been owned and Reused repurposed. and repurposed yep. as all of those old buildings are. They've gone literally into every single room, looked at every beam, every plastered wall, all of the um, ceilings, everything, and they have dated everything. Yep. And it is freaking all over the place. Yeah, as as to be expected. Yeah. So once again, it's been convenient that there is a judge who likes to hang people. And there probably were 180 people that were hung in that area. Hanged? Hung. Hanged. Hanged in that area. Uh, And it probably was by that particular judge. But it's a convenient story 
that it's now tied to the pub. Now, she's looking at me with a piece of paper in the air. Yeah. What are you going to tell me? Yeah, because there's another piece of information that says from one particular um, time in history, no one was actually hanged in that spot. They were all taken to Barbados to work on the plantations. You don't waste a life. Put them to work. That's correct. Wow. It is this rabbit hole just keeps getting deeper uh-huh. and deeper of furfies. Uh-huh. Now tell me, do you think the locals at the pub who are having a few beers uh-huh. might like to tell the tourists a few stories? I reckon so. <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are our thoughts on the Skirred Mountain Inn? I would go in a heartbeat. Me still. too. <laughs> I would, because, I would stay there. And- yeah, because all of those places are fantastic. And um, if you think of uh, some of the structures and where they've come from, what they have been previously used for, mm. there's probably some residual energy left in those spaces. And as we know, the more you tell a story, the more it grows legs, arms, yep. a head and a heart and becomes part of the reality of that place. So Smelly Fanny could be there. Smelly Fanny With could. With lavender I, scent. I couldn't even say it. She can't could, look at me. Could, could be there. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, and there are a lot more things that could be there. And I would spend a joyous night in there. Whether I found anything or not, it would be great fun. It's on our list. It's on our list. So is it haunted? Possibly. No, I think it could possibly, possibly. be too. But maybe not with what people think it is. I want to go find Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh, thank you, everyone, for joining us on this week's episode of the True Hauntings podcast. Make sure you have subscribed to this. Make sure you've liked it. If you could leave us a review or send us a message saying how much you love it, please do. You can find us on our socials. We are Anne and Renata, frightfully good on Facebook. We are on YouTube as Anne and Renata. TikTok as Anne and Renata. TikTok. Instagram as Anne and Renata. Got the hint? It's Anne and Renata. Oh, and by the way, we have new Oracle cards. Oh, we do. We have Oracle cards. They're frightfully good. Naughty and nice Oracle cards. I know. And you can find out more information on our Facebook page. In the meantime, everyone, we'll see you on the dark side. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, Give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now.